0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimitri, and I'm joined here with my brothers in Christ, Brad Pierron and Aaron Richards. Hello, hello. (laughs) Smack a knuckle touch. Yes. Today is a good day. We are going to go head on with one of the toughest conversations in the, the church world today. What is the difference between the prosperity gospel and the true gospel, the good news? of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are celebrating right now Mm -hmm. the good news of Jesus Christ who is risen, our glorious conquering King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So thank Mm -hmm. you, Jesus. We're just going to start today, guys, by kind of uh, I, I just want to fill this room with the good news of the gospel. So maybe mm-hmm. we can just share a little bit about the good news. Mm-hmm. When we think about the good news of the gospel, mm-hmm. what do we think of? Brad, yeah. what do yes, you think Lord. of when you think of this good news of the gospel?
2: Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ is alive, right? Woo! Like he's alive. Yes. And we can rejoice in that. And um, <laughs> well, well, I, It's, I, it's I, actually I, so important
1: I, that we like actually believe that. that yes. He's, so not he's dead. alive. He's
2: alive. Yeah. And he's present in our lives. And alive people do things. They they're do active, things. Yes, they're active. Yes. They're involved. That's right. They're real. Actually, that could be one of the definitions of a non-alive person is they don't do things. (laughs) Yeah, they're non doing things. No, so so Jesus Christ (laughs) is alive. And I think that like the church has built her entire existence off of that fact. Yeah. Right? God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness created man to share in his own blessed life. That's the catechism of the Catholic church, paragraph one. And for that reason, at all times and in every place, God draws close to man, Mm. right? So the good news is that God has drawn close to us and he's taken the death that we experience and he has redefined it right he has overcome it he has showed that it's no longer an end it's no longer something to be feared it's something that has been overcome that is in the process of being overcome and that will be overcome right and so the good news is that jesus is alive and he wants us to be alive not just now but for eternity
1: oh man that's so good i yeah. i love jesus's like mic drop moment in luke chapter 4 when he goes <laughs> into the synagogue and he reads from the scroll and it says unrolling it he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent mm-hmm. me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. He has set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm-hmm. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your mm-hmm, hearing. Mm-hmm. That today the fulfillment of everything people had been longing for, the fulfillment like of thousands of years of the Israelites mm-hmm. awaiting the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, the one mm-hmm. who would restore the kingdom. And today it had come. And Jesus, He came into the world. the 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 Son of God takes on human nature, and He. He comes in the world and he proclaims that the kingdom of God is at hand and he heals the sick. He raises the dead. He sets the oppressed free Mm -hmm. and he suffers and he dies for the freedom of our sin. And Jesus rose victorious from Mm -hmm. sin and death from the grave. And he crushed all the wages of sin and Mm -hmm. death. He crushed the brokenness of our humanity and he restored us and brought us to life and gave us new meaning, new purpose, new life so that we could share not just in his sufferings, but in his glory. And Mm -hmm. I love that Jesus, the good news of the gospel, isn't that Jesus just came into the world and he Mm -hmm. suffered and died for us and he freed us from our sin and he freed us from death. But Jesus in his sheer goodness Mm -hmm. gave us The gift of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that the good news is so good that it's not just his suffering and death, which is amazing to free us from sin Mm -hmm. and death. It's not just his resurrection where he has victory over Mm -hmm. the brokenness Mm -hmm. in this world, but then he says, I love you so much. I want to bring you into my own divine life through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, divinization. So that you would live a restored, Mm -hmm. renewed life as a new
0: creation. It's not just. That's just us and it's not just you in general. It's 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 you and it's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we actually share, I actually share in the divine life of Jesus. And and mm-hmm. just as the Lord is alive, the church is alive, his bride. That's right. And and he's 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 never stopped moving, he's never stopped uh being present in each of our lives. And mm-hmm. the moment that we believe that our circumstance is out of control, mm-hmm. when united to him, we see that it can be restored to newness in life, right? Mm-hmm. That that it's not just that we are called to be a resurrected people, but I am called to be a resurrected person. You are called to be a resurrected person mm-hmm. uh, that, that we're no longer slaves to sin, that, that through the power of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. we're actually, we're invited to bring heaven to earth mm-hmm. in a way that can transform circumstance, that can transform trial. Mm-hmm. And, and we're called to be his hands and feet, not just in any general sense, but in a real practical lived application mm-hmm. to the impossibility of this world. That, that heaven and earth, they, they crash together, not just in the, in the gospel story, but in every time that I encounter him.
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and like, man, let's not let it become so normal to us that we lose the power of it. Amen. That we were actually lost. We were lost. We, we were in a place that we weren't made to be in. And we had no way of getting back to the place that we were called to. And so the father sent his only begotten son in the fullness of time, into our world so that he could raise our world back to him. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. And that's yeah. amazing. And he actually, in fact, did that. And then in doing that, then the heavens were opened, right? And the veil was torn. And all of a sudden, access to the divine life became possible on earth in a way that it wasn't before because of the fall that we had yeah. fallen into. Like yeah. that's, that's what happened is a gap was closed. A heaven was open. The divine life was alive again on earth and is still alive on earth, right? Yeah. Like, and not because the divine life never, um, he never retracted. We moved away <laughs> and we couldn't move back. And so he moved even closer to us <laughs> to become one of us. Like that's, if we lose the power of that, then I'm not gonna pray every day right? I'm not going to go to mass on Sunday. I'm not going to raise my kids in a faith uh, that, is, um, that is true and good and beautiful. I'm going to raise them in a way that says, well, what's good for me might not be good for you. But when I see that story, that's good for everyone.
1: Mm. And he loved us so much that he actually gave us the gift of the church and the sacraments yes, to make this course.
2: normal and
1: nice. accessible, right? He normalized the power of heaven through the, the grace mm-hmm. of the sacraments. That yeah the like that through baptism i become this new creation in christ jesus yeah. and i'm anointed with the same anointing of christ jesus mm-hmm. to be priest prophet and king yeah. that through reconciliation that that forgiveness of sins that was won on the cross is accessible to me not in a once and done type way but in a way that now mm-hmm. i can receive the mercy of the father that that veil was torn mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. And, uh, on the uh, on the cross right when jesus suffered and died, but that veil is torn in two every single day when I go to mass yes. because I am now able to enter into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies enters into me yes. through the Holy Eucharist. And and then through confirmation and our life in the Holy Spirit, we receive the fullness of God, who it says that the fullness of God is like is poured out to us that so the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead was now it dwells in me. Mm-hmm. And Amen. through that Amen. same spirit I'm able to live this renewed lifestyle. I mean, it's a good
2: time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime Jesus is alive, it's a good time to be
1: alive. It's so crazy. It's actually, it's, it's almost too good to be true. It it truly (laughs) is. That is actually why it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because the good news is so good, it's almost so good. It's like too good to be true that sometimes we think that it's not real, Mm -hmm. that we actually dumb down the good news of the gospel Mm -hmm because we're afraid that, um, to deal with the tension. Yeah. And the reality is there is a tension that Jesus mm-hmm. Christ proclaimed that the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. And today this scripture was fulfilled in your hearing. Mm-hmm. And, and the, so the kingdom is an already reality. Yeah. And as the church teaches, it's also a not yet reality mm-hmm. that the, this, this freedom, this deliverance this healing, this this, this open heaven is an already reality, and yet the fullness has not yet come. Yeah. It's already not yet. And there's a real tension in the glory of the resurrection and the suffering of of the cross that, that the Christian has to deal with. And I think we're afraid of that tension, right? We're afraid mm-hmm. to acknowledge the fact that there this is a mystery mm-hmm. that is not perfectly explainable. And all of our human experiences are unique and different in relationship with Jesus. And so instead of dealing with the tension and mm-hmm. talking about the already not yet kingdom of God or the, this mystery of the, the cross and resurrection lived in my life mm-hmm. simultaneously here on earth as I await the coming of the kingdom where every tear will be wiped from my eyes, mm-hmm. because we don't want to deal with that tension, sometimes we just do away with the good
2: news. Or explain it away. Right. Or explain away the fullness of what it can be. I think that that that's a that's a key in the entire proclamation of the gospel too is to to focus in on what is what is the fundamental motive that God has in the good news of salvation? Relationship with us. Yeah. That that he loved us so much, not just like like you were saying Aaron, not just us, but me and you and you, that he would do anything to bring us back into that relationship. And it's funny because, um, as we're recording this, we're, we're doing a a, re, a retreat here at Damascus on healing, uh, just like just for Inner our missionaries. Healing. Yeah. That they're, that the Lord wants to like heal our hearts. He wants to, he wants to bring us into wholeness. And it was, it was really cool to teach yesterday on the fact that God has forever been about restoring us to relationship with him. And in doing so, he desires us to be whole. And in desiring us to be whole, he's going to show us areas that are broken and he's going to restore those, whether on the other side of eternity or right here, he's going to restore those back into relationship with himself. But that time frame that we deal with, that God doesn't deal with, does make it complicated sometimes. That's where a lot of that confusion comes in. It's like, because I just know time. I just know that I'm sitting here with you now. And later I have this meeting and later I have this yeah. and, and God's working in a totally different way and that is a mystery and when we try to explain away mystery we create wrong theology that's what happens yeah. and we create a, a story of god that's incomplete instead of resting in the mystery that that allows it to be complete it's a tension and
1: it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's all about relationship as you say the beginning mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of the gospels of the beginning of the story in genesis is mm-hmm. all about relationship and yeah. the end in revelation is all about relationship mm-hmm. and it's a a nuptial relationship. Right. It's a, a, it's Also a, every page in the middle. Yeah, every page <laughs> in the middle is about restoring this yeah. relationship. Yeah.
0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com/radio slash podcasts, or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. He is honored by the church as one of the greatest enemies of clergy sexual abuse. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. In his time, St. Peter Damien fought against the many vices of contemporary clergy, especially sexual abuses among the clergy. In 1051, he wrote the Book of Gomorrah that is still considered essential reading for fighting abuse today. He died in 1072. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism.
1: The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio.
0: One time somebody said
1: to me, why don't you air these people? And I said, no, because I don't think they're Catholic. He says, by what right do you have to say that? I said, I own
2: the network. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Angelica Live Classics. Every morning to Eastern on EWTN Radio.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: So, something funny happened um, uh, a few. Uh, months ago, which actually gave rise to me wanting to do this episode on what's the difference between the true gospel or the good news of the gospel and the prosperity gospel, which spoiler alert, if you don't know this, we don't buy into the prosperity gospel. We It's, <laughs> it's a false gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I was... Uh, we were running our young adult conference and it was the first night of the young adult conference and it was uh, the the conference was on the new and everlasting covenant, but on the story of the prophet Jeremiah. and I had mm-hmm. preached this opening night and I was sharing about the prophet Jeremiah who literally, proclaimed a, a message of repentance and everyone rejected him. He was <laughs> all by himself. He was, he, no one accepted his message and the message that was true, all of the people rejected. And then they experienced suffering and consequence because <laughs> of it. They went into exile and captivity and, and, And and he didn't say, like, oh, I was right. No one listened to me. Instead, then he starts proclaiming, because the Spirit of the Lord Mm -hmm. told him to, the good news or this promise of this new and everlasting covenant, a restored Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And and a big part of my message was don't coddle yourself, challenging people to go in and to press in and to persevere in mission, even when you're not seeing fruit and even when it's hard and even when they're suffering. Mm -hmm. And after my message, a religious sister came up to me and she's, you know, she's a Franciscan nun. And she's like, man, it, 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 that was really interesting because I had, I, I was told that at Damascus, you guys are preaching the false gospel, the prosperity gospel. And I didn't believe that, but I wanted to come and see it for myself, mm-hmm. whether or not this was true. And she's like, so this is my first time at Damascus. She's like, what you just preached was anything but prosperity, (laughs) (laughs) but actually that to give your life to Jesus means you may suffer and die and be Mm -hmm. rejected by everyone. Mm -hmm. And she said, why is it the people falsely assume that you're preaching the prosperity gospel? And I was like, you know, sister, I think that the good news of the gospel is so good that sometimes when we proclaim the benefits that come with living life with Christ, and the the goodness of what God wants to do in our lives, people accidentally reject that as a false gospel. That the church has become so Mm -hmm. reactive, if you will, or not the church, I'll say people in the church, has become reactive to the prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel. Mm -hmm. And what can sometimes happen is when there's a false teaching, the reaction can be so counter to that false teaching that it in and of itself becomes a false teaching. Mm -hmm. And, I think that's what's happening, that uh, our reaction to the prosperity gospel is that we're scared to acknowledge that there's actually real blessing that comes Mm -hmm. with the gospel, that this is actually still good news. Have you guys seen that kind of Mm. in the reality of Christianity today? Yeah, and
0: I I don't think we're, you know, we're not just talking about uh, the gospel that's being preached at Damascus, right? This is, Mm -hmm. I think this is a tendency that can happen in the context of Every realm of of Christianity that we mm-hmm. we are very good at building boxes. And when we get uncomfortable, we tend to uh, we we tend to you know draw the line and say that this is this is the place that I cannot I cannot yeah. think past right I cannot mm-hmm. see past. Mm-hmm. And you're just a, you're citing an example of of something that's been shared here, but it it could be here, it could be it could be at a parish, it could be at a diocese, it could be the word that the bishop speaks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to answer your question specifically, yeah, I mean, when you communicate an impossible reality, mm-hmm. I think it 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 cuts against our humanity. It cuts mm-hmm. against our our experience, and and it raises a significant invitation to doubt.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think one thing that's coming to my mind is I, I think that we can get in trouble whenever we react to fear instead of responding to truth. Good. So whenever someone presents something to me, right, that at first doesn't sit exactly perfect with me. Cause maybe it's outside of my experience. Maybe it's outside of what I've heard before. Maybe it's, um, it's just out outside of my natural tendency to relate to God in a certain way. A lot of times what I can fear in that moment is that, oh, I've either been duped Uh and for the longest time, not known this. And that means something about me or this person's presenting something very persuasively that, that might, be outside of the realm of what's true. And so there's a fear there that I can react to, which I think leads to that rejection, but also has you start to build a false theology around an either or piece, right? Instead, I wanna respond to truth. So I, I wanna see and I wanna say, based on what they're saying, let me go back to the scriptures. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? What did the church fathers say, right? Like you can actually, you can vet these things and you can look and see that like, actually. There's, there's good things on both ends of this, which is mysterious, right? Because it's like, wait, the church fathers are talking about the Lord's absolute ability to bring freedom to the people they're proclaiming the good news to. And he's also in the same exact chapter talking about how in following the Lord, you'll encounter trials and that many of the people that have come to follow him have laid down their lives like, wait, but you're saying what? But so he's going to restore me. But then I also might die following him, right? But that's the beauty of it is that in that God is working something for us to be back in relationship with him. But again, when we hear something that that might just be a little different, like instead of just reacting to fear and rejecting it outright, let's respond to truth and ask the question, is that true? And do I know it to not be true? And if I don't know it to not be true, then I should look into the validity of it. So I guess all I'm saying is there's yep. a, there's a difference between reaction and response. Well, it's funny too. Cause one of our
1: fears as Catholics is we don't want to sound Protestant. And I, mm. I, I actually, I don't understand this fear completely in the sense, like the fear should be, we don't want to speak something that's not true, but this mm-hmm. fear of sounding like you, I'm sure you've heard like mm-hmm. that sounds Protestant. It's like, well, what do you mean? Is it is it true? Like, yeah.
2: it be, because Does it sound like it's protesting be, the church. Because, yeah. like, what do you mean by that yeah. word?
1: Because maybe they've actually shared the gospel in a way that is true. Not saying that every Protestant shares the gospel in the fullness in a true way, but sometimes there are ways to convey the good news of the gospel that is true and good, mm-hmm. and we haven't heard it explained that way at a Catholic in a Catholic context. But it's hmm. living and active in the Catholic tradition, right? That. Well, no, this is actually true. Let me show you where John Paul II says this in this <laughs> encyclical. Let <laughs> me show you where this is broken up and, and developed in the catechism. Let me show you where this is yeah. found in the church fathers. Yeah. Let me show you where this is developed, not in one verse in the scriptures, but throughout the whole context of salvation <laughs> history. <laughs> and so we we don't want to react to fear. We want to respond to truth and we want to wrestle with the truth. And I think one of the hardest things of wrestling with the truth and is so even this podcast is going to fall short uh, of the fullness because in an hour podcast we can't explain everything, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a, a someone who's proclaiming the the, the gospel, you're given twenty five minutes for your talk, right? <laughs> yeah, How am yeah, I yeah. going to proclaim the fullness of the gospel that has been developed over you know thousands of years of too, salvation yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. history? How am I going to convey yeah, that yeah. fully, perfectly, entirely in twenty five se- minutes, right? So. We do it in a way that is not always 100% comprehensive, but in a way that uh, seeks to mm-hmm. develop parts of the gospel and emphasize certain aspects. But when we proclaim the gospel, it should put us on our knees to pray and to pray. And it has been my deepest prayer for the last four years. Lord, I want, when I proclaim the gospel, I want to make sure what I'm doing is mm-hmm. accurate. And I uh, like wrestling with and praying. What is the best way? Mm-hmm. How do you convey the fullness of truth in the limited words and time I have? Right, and um, it, it's a challenge. And there's there's mm-hmm. there's real biblical consequences to false teachers, right? Like yeah. like like to the extent of false teachers uh, uh, should fear hell because mm-hmm. there's real, especially with us, we work primarily with young people. There's real biblical contexts for leading the young astray. And so like, wow, let's get on our knees and beg the Lord. I don't want to be inaccurate here. That the Mm -hmm. proclamation of the gospel is a holy thing. And we take it seriously. Wait, Wait,
2: but you said something important there, right? You said, we don't want to be inaccurate here. Not we want to be accurate here. Because that comes in with the pretense that, Lord, I want what I want to be true. Mm -hmm. But instead it's, I don't want to be inaccurate. Lord, teach me. Yeah. Right. The word disciple comes from the word learner. There's a humility that has to come yeah. for anyone that's going to teach on the good news. The, the, the reality is the more I know, the more I know, I know nothing. It's just true. The more that I dive into the, the depths of our faith, I'm like, I don't know anything. And Lord, you know everything. So let me be the learner right underneath you. Right. So like help me in any way to let go of anything I've held on to before and the infinite good of knowing it.
1: And how does one, as Jesus has says he spoke and he preached as one who had authority. And then he gives us the authority through the teachings of the church of course, to yes. proclaim the kingdom and to proclaim the good news, to proclaim these teachings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with authority yes, as well, through definitely. his own authority. And it's hard to be in such humility and to preach with authority at the same time. It's mm-hmm. just, once again, biblical tension that mm-hmm. we have to wrestle with mm-hmm. and and not avoid, but deal with. And mm-hmm. how, Aaron, when you're Striving to proclaim the gospel, <laughs> what's what is your heart um, going through to make sure that you're speaking the fullness of truth mm-hmm. um, in a way that gives God justice?
0: I had a, I had a beautiful uh, moment of conviction once where somebody said, you know, don't uh, don't go to the chapel in order to prepare a talk, right? Don't pre- don't go and spend your time with the Lord trying to prepare a message, yeah. but. I, I think that where I would, in, where I find myself and where I would encourage others to, to, to seek would be like spend your time and spend your time and focus entering, like mm-hmm. let me get my relationship with the Lord right. Let, let, me, let me pour into mm-hmm. a place where I can operate from that heart of humility, where I can operate from that heart of, of hunger, right? That I would yeah. desire to be formed, that I would seek that, that fruit. And- and minister from that place as opposed to ministering in an attempt to try to prove something. Yes. When we're, when we're trying to, when we're trying to articulate or prove something that we aren't yet experiencing or we aren't yet mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, uh, I, I find myself um, oftentimes when I preach, inviting people into my process instead of trying to present myself as someone who's figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that aspect of perpetual, uh, Yes. right? Mm-hmm. That I'm that I'm. I am constantly a student here. Like, don't believe for a minute that that this message isn't going to be revised in in a week or an hour because mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm constantly learning about something. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that 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 honest humility when it comes to preparation and presentation goes a long way. Yeah, yeah,
2: and that's Paul too. Just exactly what you were just saying in Philippians three, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Dan. But um, just exactly what you were saying has scriptural evidence, Aaron, where, where Paul says, it's, it's not that I have already taken hold of it or have already attained perfect maturity. Yeah. Right. He's saying, I'm instructing you in a way that's welcoming you into this walk with Jesus Christ with me. Right. Like it's, it's right after he just lets, like we, we know Philippians, right. But it's whatever gains I had, I consider yeah. these as loss. And he's just saying like, I, I, I don't even know fully how to explain this, but I can tell you this, like, I haven't taken perfect hold of it, but what I have taken hold of is good. Yeah. Follow me. Well, you know. and, and let me say, that, that's, that's one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is like, you've, you've got to
0: do the work. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. You've got to do the work. Yeah.
2: So, Don't use it as an excuse. There's, there's a
0: lot of times that we can, we can speak with authority because we are laying hold of the authority that's been given to us, right? So, so the Catholic Church uh, has, we yeah. have, we yeah. have uh, myriad riches, in, in the church of, of the work that's been done before us, we stand on the shoulders of giants Mm -hmm. who've, Mm -hmm. who've thought this stuff through, who've wrestled it out. And yeah, as, as, as we, uh, exert our effort in aligning ourselves Mm -hmm. to those who've really fought this fight on our behalf. Um, there's an incredible strength there.
1: And that's the gold. We have the magisterium that gives us, if you will, uh, the the sidelines yep. <laughs> so that when we're playing this like and proclaiming the mm-hmm. kingdom, I, I, I may run the ball this way or I may run the ball this way. And that may look different than the way this person yep. runs the ball. But as long as we're both in the sidelines, we're in good shape. It's when we step outside of the sidelines and that's where our Protestant brothers and sisters, they don't have the sidelines, if you will, through mm-hmm. the grace of the church, the grace of the magisterium to give us our guidance. But it takes work. I remember when I was <clears throat> a senior in high school and I submitted my life to the to Jesus Christ. Yes. It was, I I went through this moment where I, because I had been picking and choosing what I wanted to believe in Catholicism, to the mm-hmm. extent that I actually had a journal where I was creating my own dogmas and doctrines, where I would write down what I believed in the church. I was planning on starting my own church someday. And Do you still have what, it? I don't, I have no <laughs> idea. And be, to be completely honest, there wasn't that many pages filled because I was lazy. But I remember this moment where I said, Jesus, I'm going to assume everything in the church is absolutely right, and I'm going to become a disciple to learn it. Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna, I'm just my starting point is you're right mm-hmm. and I'm wrong.
2: Let's learn, and it changed everything. Yeah. Well, could you imagine? I want to use your analogy with the sidelines in the game, right? Could you imagine choose any sport of your liking, right? Imagine soccer, football, basketball. Could you imagine if in that sport, though? You were so afraid to get close to the sideline that you just played in the middle of the field. You would be a bad team. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't score because you wouldn't explore the robust opportunity that comes outside of what you currently know. Hmm. It's just, it's just well an invitation articulated for us up, to get to like, like a lot of times, right? Like the the best, um, again, like just from my own experience, just so basketball, one of the things you do, if you get a defensive rebound is you encourage those who are going to be the outlet pass to get to the sideline and then to run it up the court because it expands, it it just expands your opportunity. And again, like, I just want to speak that like in our walk with the Lord, we've all experienced times where we're like, oh, that's actually an area where I'm not fully right yet. Mm -hmm. Or even like I'm wrong. Yeah, and and that's okay though, because like even in the game, yeah, if you step out of bounds, there's a turnover. But then you step back into the play. As long as we continue to come back to the Lord, as long as we continue to come back to Mother Church and let her instruct us, I think yeah. there's. So so
0: here's a here's an interesting nuance with this that I've I've just I'm sure I'm sure somebody has taught more effectively on it, but mm-hmm. with that sense of tradition and that sense of of mm-hmm. magisterial authority, right with tradition can come baggage. So why mm-hmm. is it that we're afraid of sounding Protestant, right? You know, yeah. to, to use that terminology. It's because for whatever reason, like we don't, we've taken our eye off the field. We're not mm-hmm. even aware of the actual mm-hmm. sidelines. Mm-hmm. We're, we're actually more worried about the baggage associated with history. About sometimes with we're just asked. playing
1: defense and we don't have an offensive game at all. And
0: what's, what's really curious, Dan, so, mm. uh, and again, I, I don't speak as one who is perfectly informed, but as, as I have interacted with, with various non-Catholic organizations over the last number of years, mm-hmm. you see that church, churches, that denominations that have a longer history have more baggage that prevents them from actually effectively engaging. So a lot of the mainline Protestant groups, for example, they have very similar perspectives that I don't want to do XYZ because it would be too Catholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas a lot of times you see uh, you know, newer, non-denominational, for example, uh, faith churches that are that are that are coming up that you'll you'll go mm-hmm. in and you'll have a conversation and you'll you'll say, okay, so what, you know. What are the what are the works that are forming the yeah. foundation for your for your church yeah. and your practice? And they'll hand you a list of Catholic mm-hmm. mystics, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, describe describe your understanding of the Eucharist. They'll articulate it more more closely to the Catholic understanding of transubstantiation than maybe most Catholics are able to mm-hmm. articulate. You know, mm-hmm. that's not a hard and fast rule. No, but, sure. But when you when you step outside of the of the fear of man. And of the, of the baggage associated with maybe the, the negative experience that we've had in the past, you're able to actually see the field for what it is mm-hmm. and, and pursue truth instead of trying to uh, maintain some image. This
1: is Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. I know for a fact that we have brothers and sisters who are not Catholic, who are not even believers in Jesus, who listen to Catholic radio because they're looking for something that's going to edify their souls. They're searching for truth, and they're not finding it in sports radio or political talk radio. They're finding it with Catholic radio.
2: The world needs EWTN Catholic radio now more than ever. EWTN offers listeners and viewers the daily readings to enable you to accompany the Mass of the day. Our Catholic daily readings include the readings of the day along with online videos. It's a great resource for all who desire to live a life of faith that is pleasing to our Lord. Visit EWTN.com and click Catholicism. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: The Catholic tradition is a tradition of tension, right? That proclaims the already not yet kingdom of God and the both and like right Mm -hmm. that they're always the it's it's this beautiful in our tradition we have tension that we wrestle with these mysteries whereas sometimes in our practice today it it can just become an either or and that's where we actually Mm -hmm. become uh it's it's where we can get outside of the sidelines actually we can accidentally fall outside of Mm -hmm. our own teaching Mm -hmm. when we become either or and so Mm-hmm. when i when I prepare prepare a proclamation of the the Gospel, what do I like to do? I like to uh first of all, Jesus proclaimed the gospel it's one of the mysteries of the, of the Rosary, the proclamation of the kingdom, right mm-hmm. and I often say, well, I just want to do it like Jesus did it and you know he says the kingdom of God is at hand. the time is now the um repent and believe in the gospel so that's mm-hmm. one of the elements I usually in the proclamation of the kingdom I like to focus on mm-hmm. um the, the reality that the time is now, the kingdom is at hand. It's tangible and it's real. There's an already not yet reality of the kingdom, mm-hmm. and then there's a call to repentance and a call to believe in the gospel, to believe in the good news. Yeah. And I think a lot of times Catholics, we can actually we feel pretty good with the call mm-hmm. to repentance. We're like, oh yeah, that's that's Lenten season. Like mm-hmm. it's Advent. Like let's just a time of preparation, a time of repentance. We're we're comfortable with confession and we're com- we're comfortable with a call to repentance. Well, sometimes we can actually fail to believe in the fullness of the gospel, the good Mm -hmm. news where that the kingdom is at hand and that Jesus Christ has come to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to set captives free. And that there is there's actually there are there's goodness that the king brought Mm -hmm. through his kingdom. And um, and that um and then I like to go into the suffering and the death, of course, of Jesus and this this Mm -hmm. in the resurrection, this reality that Jesus is fully divine, and you see his divinity unleashing miracles here on earth. He's also fully human where he suffered and he wept and he 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 mm-hmm. and like he died and that he experienced agony and and anguish and and then move into this idea that part of the good news is that the res the gift of the holy spirit right that yeah and I think a lot of times you actually you don't hear that as part of the proclamation of the, the gospel, that mm-hmm. the gospel ends with the resurrection. Yeah. But no, the, that's, that's not how Jesus ended it. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, right. He wasn't done at the resurrection. He gave us the <laughs> gift of the Holy Spirit. And this has massive implications <laughs> on our life as Christians, that the gift of the Holy Spirit was is a gift that is the, he is the Lord, the giver of life, the sanctifier who transforms <laughs> us so that we can continue the work of Jesus yes. here on earth. And, and all of this in union with this, this the crux of Luke chapter 9, where Jesus says, if you mm-hmm. wish to be my disciple, you must pick up your cross and follow mm-hmm. me, right? That, that there is the glory of the resurrection and the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, there is this radical gift of the self. That mm-hmm. when I die to self, as Paul says, the old man has passed away and new things have come. That I'm a new creation. So the old has died, and as a new creation in Christ Jesus, I no longer live to advance my kingdom, but now I live to advance his kingdom. And my whole life, not just a part of my life, is it's no longer that a part of my life is about Jesus, but my whole existence is about advancing his kingdom. It's, It's all him. It's all Jesus. And when I live that life with Christ, I become in Christ a new creation. I put on Christ. I... I'm transformed through the Holy Spirit so that yeah. I, as Paul says, become another Christ, if you will. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, a mm-hmm. transformed lifestyle that there's real benefits. And I think where the prosperity gospel gets it wrong is that they they mistake the benefits or they miscategorize the benefits of the good news, right? So why don't we, I want to talk just a little bit about what is the prosperity gospel what are the benefits that the prosperity gospel gives versus what's the real proclamation of the gospel? And what are the benefits of the, the real gospel, if you will? And
0: that'll define our terms. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Uh, because it, it, when you, even as you were say, speaking, Dan, you were talking about they, right? And we're not pointing fingers at a particular person right now. We're identifying sort of what's been labeled as an ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. A mo-
2: or, a, or even like a movement, a, um, a movement towards a gospel that's incomplete. We could probably say, right? That like, because the prosperity gospel, to your point, Dan, if we, if we build an, a steel man, which Aquinas always likes to do whenever he's going towards something that he's in disagreement with, like the prosperity gospel is trying to say following Jesus will bring great benefits to your life, right? Like that would probably be the statement. And I think most of us could get behind that and say, yes, like there are tons of benefits to following Jesus. That's why I'm an evangelist. Because I'm coming back to tell you that Jesus is alive, right? Um, <laughs> and, he's and that brings, me that brings new great benefits. Yeah. Yes. And so I Jesus, think that, Jesus
0: liked that message. Yeah,
2: right. And, and so I think the, the question is right it's, it's what do we mean when we say benefits? And we always get ourselves in trouble. I mentioned this earlier when we see things primarily through our lens, and our lens is confined by space and time. And so the way that the prosperity gospel defines benefits is as temporal benefits solely, mm-hmm. okay? That is not the fullness of the gospel. So the, the prosperity gospel would say, come to believe in Jesus and watch as the money in your bank account grows. Yeah, Watch as the house you live in grows. Watch as your influence grows in the political realm. In the it's like, m- maybe though. So this is where it gets nuanced is the Lord might want you to be King David in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you will get into a job from the call of the Lord that brings a lot of finance. Well, you better be with the Lord in how to use that resource because he's, he's giving overall. you an appointment and he's Lord over all. Yeah. So it's not that belief in Christ does does not at any time bring some temporal benefit. It's that when we put the stake in the fact that those are the only benefits or those benefits are guaranteed, I mean, look at Jeremiah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then we're wrong.
1: Well, and it's sometimes the prosperity gospel is called the, the health and wealth gospel, sure, right? Sure. And, and uh, that, yes, if it, that the the measure of health or the measure of wealth I get is parallel to my actions of faith, right? Mm-hmm. That if I... Give more out of faith, then health and wealth will follow, and that if that Jesus is actually, it, it almost becomes transactional, right? That if I give my life in faith to Jesus, yeah. then I will get this, yes. and so it's a it's a quid pro quo that if you do if this, this, then that if I do this, then you'll do this, and yes. it, and the 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 deepest issue is that <laughs> it is it it. I am guaranteed certain things if I do my part, right, and yeah. like and the things I'm guaranteed are are often in the false proclamation of the gospel wealth and health, right mm-hmm. for my family, for my descendants, yeah. all of that, and if I'm not seeing wealth and health, that just means mm-hmm. i'm not I'm, i don't have enough faith and I have yeah. to give more. that's why a lot of times the the lifestyles of these prosperity preachers is lavish because yeah. they're they're encouraging people to give more, and people will give more, and then they're they've they've bought into the false gospel well well, God is blessing me because I have so much faith so then Mm -hmm. I can live as lavishly as I want, which diminishes their apostolic credibility and and their pilgrim witness. So there's no Mm -hmm. real witness that they live for heaven and not for this world because they've indulged themselves in this world. So Mm -hmm. the greatest harm is that the gospel becomes transactional as opposed to relational. Transformational even. Yeah, yeah. Right?
2: Like like transactional says what you were saying, if I do this, then this. Well, it's, it's something that's super Catholic. So a lot of times when you're like studying theology in a formal sense, the, the theologian will will try to differentiate between Jesus dying in our place versus dying for us. Mm-hmm. Because in our place can, I'm not saying it does every time someone says it, but it can mean transaction. It can't, can't, instead of transformation where you died for me, you actually died so that I might be risen with you. Like the gospel, when we make it transactional in whatever way that goes on both sides of the fence, it's,
1: it's, and the transaction can be, the problem can be transactional in the, in the prosperity gospel that the end game is health and wealth. Mm -hmm. It can also be transactional in some forms of Southern Precis- baptism or, or like Baptist Precisely. ministry where it's like, well, the transaction is I get saved from the fires of hell. Precisely. And so I'm going to do this yes. action. I'm going to pray this prayer or enter into these laws, these rules, so that I'm saved from the mm-hmm. fires of hell. Whereas the, the gospel is all about relationship. It's, you know, and, you know who it really can, confuses this amongst, though, Dan,
0: Jesus, <laughs> like, because, because it's a, it's a both hand because because you could you could jump in as a counterpoint and identify in the gospel when Jesus says on account of your faith you have been saved mm-hmm. or like your faith has healed you. And this is the tension that we have to deal with. <laughs> exactly. Yes.
1: Well, well and the, and so that it's not that faith has nothing to do with it. It's just that faith doesn't have everything to do with it. And so it faith, doesn't have everything to do with it all the time.
0: Yeah, so well and when and, we when we try to build a box, we 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 run into trouble.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the point is faith so I, I think that we as, again, I, I'm just going back to the same point I've been making, but we are so outcome driven as humans. The faith is the point. Like Jesus honors Beautiful. faith. Yeah. We're, we're so outcome driven. Like, okay, did I have enough faith because that person got an outcome I didn't get? Jesus isn't looking at the outcome. He's looking at the faith. He's actually like the point was the beginning, not mm-hmm. the end. Like even when we look in the gospels, like Jesus, yes, he heals. But it's also very clear he, he walked past the person yeah. that was injured outside of the temple and who was later healed by the apostles. Yep. And he probably did that at other times too. If he did it once, he probably did it other times. And it's this, I do think we get really, really uh, confused and overly complicated when we're trying to play one verse the other instead of saying, actually, let's bring all people to faith, pray in faith mm. and hope that the Lord brings forward what is needed mm-hmm. in, in that person's life. Yeah.
1: Well, the faith in the the faith can't be a self generated act either. So yep. faith it has to be understood as both a gift and a response. And so your faith has saved you. It's mm. not it's not you gave X number of dollars and that was your mm. faith, right? No, you it, you received the gift of faith and you responded to the gift of yeah. faith, right? That 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 you that, that the faith is not a self generated act where. I'm giving evidence to you, God, that I have faith by giving more money mm-hmm. or by uh, doing more acts uh, of sure. charity. That it's not a it's not a quid pro quo. It's it's a it's a response <laughs> of faith That's good. that is generated through the relationship. So what what was it? Well, the the faith that saved them was the entering into this relationship with Jesus and seeing that Jesus was the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And when you discover that you are the Messiah, that you are the Savior, that you are the kingdom, then the effect of that is that sometimes the effects of the kingdoms, the blessings of the kingdom fall mm-hmm. on you, yep. right? And, 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 <laughs> and they, But Jesus has to be the end. Jesus is the good news. Yeah. Jesus is the kingdom of God. Jesus is the treasure hidden in a field.
2: Jesus is the end equation. I I, will, I, can I say one thing yeah. on your X? It's, it's, it's not X number of dollars and it's not X number of hours. It's X percentage of Dan that's been given to the Lord. <laughs> that is actually what faith is. It's the, it, it's the percentage yield of me. Faith is a, is a, is a full gift of me to the one who is the source and the summit, who is the beginning and the end. Right? Like, mm. like if you, if you want to test the faith that you have, examine your conscience at night and say, how much of my day did I give over to you, Lord? right? It's not like, cause we're again, focusing on the resource and not the, like the person, like, like I want to be totally the Lord's. And if he wants me to give away all of my money to something great, if but, he wants to give me all of my, t- or, I'm sorry, wants me to give all of my time to something great, but it's actually a yieldedness of heart, right? Exactly.
1: Yieldedness. As long as that giving over doesn't mean, well, as long as I do enough things, right? Sure. But it's almost this transformation. No, I need to do one thing, Yield. which is <laughs> give him me. Yeah.
2: That's the one thing. There is an act that matters and it's the full gift of me to him. And that's, it's, you're the Lord of my life.
1: And it's the death to self. But that, yes, that comes with that. Because I, that
2: can't be said authentically without that death of self. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah, Interesting. So interesting.
1: What were you going to say, Aaron? Sorry, we cut you off.
0: No, I, I think that the, uh, the Holy Spirit is the interplay, here, right? That, that when, when, I, when I live a life that's yielded to the Holy Spirit, that life, Produces a response. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the Lord honors that fruit. So faith was never something that I did apart from Him. It was Mm -hmm. precisely what I did, what I did out of in union with Him, what I did as a fruit of my connection with Him. Yes. Right. And the Lord always honors that fruit. He always celebrates that connection.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's almost like what is the good news of the gospel? it's the, the better answer is maybe who is the good news of the gospel? Right. The good news of the gospel is Jesus. And he came so that we could have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And through a relationship with him, we get a relationship with the yeah. father that no one comes to the father except through me. So then we get a relationship. So the good news of the gospel is Jesus came so that I could have a relationship with him. Through relationship with Him, I have access to a relationship with the Father. Through the relationship with the Father, I become an adopted son and daughter um, of the Father. Through adoption, I become an heir. And in my heir, I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is the inheritance of the kingdom. And through the gift of the Holy Spirit, I am sanctified and I am transformed
2: to live this new life which is Christ. Yeah, yes. and it's transformational because the end is consummation. He initiates exactly. and he consummates. Think about the mass. It's 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 the Lord who put in me the impulse to go to mass and then when I go and give myself and I say yes and you're the Lord of my life, he then consummates that that union. Like uh like I I think that I mean I I preach on this all of the time when I'm preaching the the good news, especially to young people. It's like because sometimes we can say, well, I've never, how many times have you guys heard this? Listeners, how many times have you heard this? I left the Catholic faith because I never heard the gospel proclaimed. It's like, no, you did. You did you did hear it proclaimed. Mm-hmm. It's just, we, it, have to, we have to it. know, yes, you, like every, <laughs> every mass you experienced it. <laughs> yeah. Like you were encouraged to actually enter into daily, like, but anyway, like what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I always preach to the mixing of the water and wine. The, the the priest, every time when we bring up the gifts, which we're supposed to bring ourself in that, they're bringing yep. the bread and Laying wine. Laying ourselves on the altar. That's right. We're on the altar and Jesus is transforming all that's on the altar into himself, us included, divinization. Yep. And in order to represent that, the priest pours water into wine and that water can never be extracted Back out from the wine, right? That's that's the symbolism. used to be very Stuck difficult. There. Well, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, oh, maybe I'm ignorant, at least when we were starting that kind of like symbol in the ritual, <laughs> gots, it was for that reason. <laughs> um, but again, like even aside from that, the words by the mixing of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. It doesn't mean that we become the Lords of our own life. It doesn't mean that I become the God for Brad. It means that God's divine life begins to possess me and I'm doing things in his name. And there's something so good about that because I'm not just an experiencer of the good news. I'm a partaker in it. Mm -hmm. I'm a gospel bringer. Mm -hmm. Like I am writing back from the victory and battle saying he won Yeah, and he won in my life. And that, Like that just matters so much that that the Lord would love us enough to bring us into his story. And that's the reason that it's not every single moment we get everything we want. It's because it's a story with him. And then I can proclaim how he's come through time and time again and how he's coming through and how he will come through. It's he who was, who is, who is to come. It's it's past, present, future for us, but he has no past and future. He just has present.
1: And it's it's a story. It's not a verse. And so yes. the danger comes mm-hmm. whenever I build my entire theology around one verse or yeah. a few verses, mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing the fullness of the gospel. That's really good. That everything began in a broken relationship, right? And then everything Jesus came to restore that broken relationship. And then to elevate that broken relationship to an even greater place. And so we see in Revelation, this spousal, nuptial wedding feast of the Lamb, where it's no longer, I'm no longer separated from the Father, and I'm no longer just in love with the Father, in love with the Son, in love with the Holy Spirit, but now I'm in the love of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And everything is a love story. That The gospel, the good news, is that I get to share in the blessed life of the Holy Trinity. Yes, That I don't get to just be in love with them. I get to share in their very love. And it's manifested in an already not yet way in the, in the mass and in the life with yes. the Holy Spirit. And we're striving so hard. So they're clearly... Is great benefit that comes from that, right? There is, if you will, some sort of blessing
0: that flows forth from a living relationship here on earth with Jesus. And the way that we respond to that, it, it, informs, it informs everything. The way that we mm-hmm. minister, it informs our family, it informs our response to vocation. It's, it's our response to that, to that eternal exchange of love. Mm-hmm. the way that we enter into communion.
1: Oh, mm, it's it's so as good. if it's the good news <laughs> or something. I love it. Guys, this has been a rather stimulating conversation. So stimulating, it's taken way too long. And we <laughs> haven't gotten to the five benefits or the five blessings that flow forth mm-hmm. from the gospel. And so um, here's my executive decision. Um, why don't we do this into two parts? So this is going to be part one. And then we'll do another episode here Mm -hmm. on the five blessings. I also think it'd be really good in this next episode to kind of tackle to the paradox of healing. Like how do we deal Mm -hmm. with the fact that Jesus commands his disciples to pray for healing Mm -hmm. and to heal the sick. And yet when we pray for healing, sometimes people get healed and sometimes people Mm -hmm. don't. And so we don't want to suggest that praying for healing is the prosperity gospel, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. God does want to heal. So these are important questions we'll talk about in the next episode. Does that sound good? That's great. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, thanks so much for joining us on beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. This has been a awesome conversation. If this has really piqued your interest or has blessed you, if you got excited on this episode, usually that kind of enthusiasm demands a response. So maybe you want to share this episode with others so that uh, they can hear about the good news of the gospel so that this message can transform their life. So help us out, like, share, comment, do whatever uh, to help this message reach as many people as possible. Aaron, Brad, thanks so much. This was a fun conversation. We'll join you guys next time.
0: Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.